Welcome to Excel Leadership, an organization devoted to navigating enterprise on the high seas. Core values, core leadership, and core training. Dr. Bill Purvis is the leader of one of America's megachurches, a highly sought-after motivational speaker, and founder and CEO of Excel Leadership. Businesses and industries today spend enormous amounts of money on training and wonder why they aren't seeing the results of these expenditures. Excel Leadership delivers results. Excel Leadership challenges you to grow in your personal life, leadership skills, and alignment of core values to achieve your maximum potential. Let's listen in as Bill speaks to a live audience of people just like you who are eager to grow in their leadership skills. Pick up a new one today called Sales Truths from the Trenches. These are the things that those people in the line of sales need to know if they're, uh, if they're going to make the sale. And so um, let, let's go through that and kind of pull the guts of it today. We mentioned reasons why prospects do nothing. You know, the reason why the people that you want to sell to don't act. They don't call you back. They take your brochure. They put it aside. They don't really buy into what you have. And there's some reasons for it. We're going to try to figure out how to do that. So if we're in the sales line, we can, we can see that increase. Number one is they don't realize they have a problem. Uh, many people that you're dealing with, that you've got to first show them that there's a need for the product you're providing. And so some people are just not aware. And, and so that's the first. Number two we say is you've got to realize, they may realize that there is a problem, but they get used to it and they don't know there's a solution. And how often do we live with something that, that remains broke? Now, all of us are not built the same way. way I'm, I'm uh, hyper about things. It can't be broke. I can't. If a knob falls off of my house, and my wife is just as bad, so we married alike. If I walk through my house and there's a knob that's fallen off, we do not sleep. We go to Home Depot. We go to Lowe's. We're we, we going to fix it. If it's broke, it's going to be fixed. And it's just a, it's something that drives us nuts. And, and my kids give us therapy. You know, they'll say, you don't have to. But yes, you do. I mean, you have to. I came in yesterday, and there was a there was a door opened in one of the in, in my study, and uh, and I can't study with that. You know that door's meant to be closed, and so I go up there to do it. And my son turned around his friend and said, "I told you he'd close it," and, and they and they knew. Leave it open. Watch him. I'm a nut about it. I know that, but I think that a lot of people, while I may be on the extreme on that end, there are other people that they don't care. You know, we got a problem, ah, let somebody else deal with it. And, and those kind of people, if they work for you, you got problems. And if you are a person that, uh, that is selling somebody, I believe generally you can size up whether you can make the sale. I mean, when you walk in the office, you can kind of look around and figure out, is this person going to buy or is this person doesn't even realize they have a problem? And so I think you can assess it pretty fast. Number three, they don't realize the solution will work for them because they believe their business is different. And, and we all think that. And I'm going to tell you what I have learned through many years of both in ministry and in leadership with a company. And that is that generally there's only about five or six different ways that things wire up. And, and almost every company has the same thing. We all have people problems. We all have resource problems. We all have uh, capital problems. Generally, it's the same thing. That's why if you'll notice, you'll find this all the time. An Al Dunlap will leave from, uh, from one company over here 
you know, the paper towel company, and he will go to manage another company. And the first thing he says when he becomes the president of the company is, What's, what does this company do? And they say, we do so-and-so. Oh, okay. And they hire people that are tremendous leaders that don't even have a clue what the company does because they don't have to know what the company sells or what the company does. All they have to know is that there's about five or six areas that are the same no matter where. And, and almost all of us, if you compared your business with everybody else, you'll probably find out the same problems you're having or the same problems they're having. And so there's not that much of a difference there. Number four is they hold to the philosophy, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I don't think that's a great philosophy. Uh, just because it's not broke doesn't mean it's effective, okay? Uh, my grandmama used to have one of my washing machines that would just, you know, the old kind that made all kind of rattling. Now, she wouldn't understand why to get a new one because it wasn't broke. Was it the best washing machine you could get? No. But to her, it was okay. I think in some cases, uh, if it ain't broke, break it, you know? And, and so there's a, that, all of that is, is, is an individual decision based upon whether I need to change it to go to another level or whether I need to leave it the same or whether I need to discard it altogether. All right, here's the truth number one. If you can't prove that the prospect's return on an investment meets or exceeds his or her expectations, you won't get the sale. You've got to tell them what you have to offer that they can't get somewhere else or that they need. And, and that's in selling of anything. That's in, that's in selling a product. That's in selling your company to somebody who is willing to make a job change. I, um, I got a guy years ago on our staff that I got him to leave a very, very large place to come. And he had a good salary. And so I said, okay, I've only got about two things to work with here. I've got the environment. It's a, it's a good environment almost year-round, cold days, warm days, and all that, because where he lived, he had the same environment. And the other thing I've got, I can't offer him more money because he's got that. I can't offer him a bigger place because he's got that. So I can offer him that, the, uh, a change of season, and then I can offer him more freedom. I bet in the place he's at that he has a lot of layers of bureaucracy, and he can't get anything done because it has to get signed off by this one and signed off by that one. And the moment I brought that up on the phone with him, I said, I can offer you more freedom. I mean, there's not that many layers. If you come here, you can, you can generally get what you need the moment you need it. And at that moment, he said, when, do, when can we meet? And we met, and he came on staff. And, and he walked away from a lot of those other things that you'd have thought, well, I could have never got him because what he wanted was freedom. But I had to sell it to him because I had to, I had to realize that's what he needs. Now, in all of our lives... When, when, we are, when we're looking to make the move, we've got to know, is that move, if I, if I take that risk or make that jump, is there something out there that's going to that's gonna benefit me? And otherwise, why make the move? And the same thing, if I'm selling somebody, I've got to show them how it makes it better. So here's how we do it. How to move the prospects from do nothing to buy. Number one, realize that they buy into you before they buy into the product. You got that? They buy into you. They, they got to know that you're believable, credible that you model what you say, that you use that. You can't sell Chevrolets and drive Fords. Okay, you, you have to make certain that they're, when they're buying, they're buying into, into what they see out of you. You're, the, you're better than the brochure. Uh, you know, nobody can talk to me about money that don't make more money than, than I make. You know why? Because I, I know how to make their kind of money. I want to know how to make that one's kind of money. And so that's just, that to me is just a, a given. Uh, I wouldn't buy hair growing tonic from a bald headed barber, you know, 
The, the, the idea is you say that's the, that's the credibility of it. Many years ago when I was in college, I came back into the room and I walked in and there was a, uh, my, my roommates were in the other room with a guy who was telling them about this pyramid business. And he was saying he had these brochures laid out on the table. And here's what he said. He said, now in the first year, you'll only make 70000 But in the second year, just doing the same thing and adding those on, you'll make 300000 You see how this goes? In the third year, you'll be at about seven or 800000 He was laying it all out, and it sounded good. And my roommates, man, they were, where do we sign up and all that? Well, I had come in a little late, and, and, uh, and I was in the kitchen making a sandwich. I heard that spill. You know, anybody can give me $700,000 in three years' time. I'm interested. So I slide over there, and I look in there at him, and he's in there with a the spill, and they're just all over it. And so I got looking at him. I said, hey, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. But he looks to me like those are not Hart Schaffner Mark pants, okay? Those were, those were Walmart pants. Nothing wrong with them, but, but a big difference there. I looked at his watch. I said, you know, that's, that's, not, that's not the kind of watch that I'd, I'd be wearing if I made that much. So I asked him a question. I said, excuse me. I said, how long have you been working? He said, six years. So I got thinking, well, maybe it goes down after that, you know, back, <laughs> back to zero. And so I peeked out the window. I saw his car, and his car out there, it looked like his work. Now, I just went on and made my sandwich. I didn't go in the room, sit down, and get in that. My friends got into it, and in no time, they lost their money and all the rest. You know what it was. He's trying to sell something that he couldn't, he couldn't produce. I believe that when you're going to do it, you're going to sell it. You're going to get them to buy into it. You've got to get them to realize that the first thing you've got to do is you've got to sell yourself. You do that by being sincere. I'll be honest with you. I don't think that you ought to flatter. I don't think you ought to tell them something that you don't believe. I've always said this. If I'm going to talk to you, if I tell you kids are pretty, they're pretty. If they're ugly, I, I just won't say nothing. Okay? <laughs> I don't think you tell a parent, man, that's a beautiful child. If that parent says, that's not a beautiful child. You are a liar. You know, when I got that child, I said, I hope they're smart. You know, you, you, you have to. My daddy used to tell me this. He used to say, look. He'd say, compliment people where they deserve it, but don't lie about it. If you lie about it, they'll pick it up, okay? If you lie about it, they'll know it, and they'll know this. If you lie about that, you lie about other things. So just, just tell the truth. So they, they buy into you because you've got to honestly tell them. If you don't know the answer to something, just tell them. I don't know. I'll look it up. Or I know somebody, but I'm not sure. Don't bluff your way through it. Nothing worse than leaving a client with a bad taste in their mouth later because you made a promise you couldn't fulfill. So just tell them on the front end. I'm not sure about that. That's a good question. Never had that asked before. I don't have an answer, but I'll help you out there. I'll find that answer. And sometimes you know the sales technique. You can always say, if I find the answer and it satisfies you, will that help you to, to make the purchase? And so oftentimes they'll say, well, I guess it would if I know I can trust you here. So you've got to sell yourself. Number two is reveal the problem. Here's the deal. Until you tell them, do you know you have a problem? Most people don't know they have a problem. I've always said until you know you got a problem, you don't fix it, by the way. But Listerine, you know how Listerine sold? Listerine exposed the fact that we all suffer from halitosis and, uh, you know, at different times in our life. But we didn't know we needed it. I mean, there was time we just went through life. It used to be that dentine was the cure-all. You know, there was an age where if you didn't have dentine, you didn't have good hygiene. And, and, and so Listerine came along and they began to show, whether they were true or not, we don't know, but they, they began to show... These, uh, these little x-rays of, of mouth problems and looked like germs moving around. And then they'd have somebody walk in a room that looked real attractive and they would say something. And then the cameras would do the trick on it and show this fog coming out of their mouth. Then Listerine would say, do you know what, what you know, you're putting out? And, and the moment they did that, man, we we're all buying the Listerine. 
You know what they did? They said, you got a problem. And so I think the way that you sell the person after you sell yourself is you got to realize you've got a problem. And I want to show you how you've got one. Now, don't tell them problem if you don't have a solution. Obviously, you do. But you, you start with the problem. That's the place to start. I met with some men this morning and said, okay, I've got a solution for you on this. Really? Yeah. But let me tell you how bad the problem is first. And when I told them what the problem was, I just met with some other guys at breakfast, and I told them what, how bad the problem was. By this time, when you ask them for the solution, they're all for it. And so the more you can show this is the problem, but there is a solution to give hope, I think you're going to get the sale. Number three, remind them of the pain. They may have grown so used to the situation that they've forgotten the pain. For example, they may be doing work on an antiquated computer system. It's costing them time and money. And, and so you've got to remind them, listen, if, if you don't fix this, it doesn't get better. It gets worse. And so I want to help you when we do this. If you stay at this level, if you continue to do it this way, this is where you end up in the end. So it's probably costing you more than you know. And, and so those are the steps. Now, the fourth one we'd say is this. Reinforce the positives. Now, when we say that, it means this. Uh, how can your product or service or price make the difference for them? I do it with Excel all the time. I always say, let me tell you, I can guarantee you that this, was, this one now is proven. Uh, I, I waited until a couple of years. I can guarantee with Excel, you get every person in your company taking something like that together. And what you do is you put everybody on one page and align them and you have less retention. Got a guy, his name is Miller. I forgot his first name, but, but, but his name is Miller. And we contracted him just to come and look and, uh, and help us out. And he's a graduate of Harvard, and all he does is study companies. And so I said, tell me what Excel does. I mean, you, you want to do a favor for me? Do that. He said, sure. Came back, and here's what he said. He said, not only does it bring alignment. That's why we use that process, alignment. He said, you know what you need to be selling? He said, you got the retention. He said, when people are growing, their company's growing. When they're growing, they don't leave. Every time you lose an employee, what happens is, is now you've got to go back, retrain. You've got to pay more costs. You pay more money having to keep training than you do if you could keep them and keep them growing. And he said the biggest thing that we discovered in our analysis was that you're able, and, and he says it's an ingenious plan. You put everybody right through the company on one page. And he said, and it works. Well, it does. But, but it, it, the, 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 uh, the, the key is now you show the solution. Now, whatever you're selling, You've got to say, have you got a problem in a particular area? Yeah, okay. How are we going to fix that problem? And when you reveal it, and then you say, I've got some answers. If you haven't tried this, I want to give you the opportunity to try it. Because when you try this, it will work. I read the other day the story of the, uh, the guy that runs the interstate batteries. And how that he said, he got so aggravated that you had to go to, to everybody and their brother to get a battery. He said, you know, I want to get my radio battery, got to go over there. And if I want to get my car battery, I got to go down there. He said, why can't a battery be under battery? And then he decided, okay, we're going to make this thing work. And I'm going to even put shops where we just sell batteries for your watch, for your radio, and your car in one place. He said, I wasn't the only one in the world with that problem. He said, now, I've made a fortune because I got into that. And by the way, you know what he said after that? He said, when I sell this company, he said, I'm going into insurance because everybody needs insurance. And he's already thinking now of what the needs are. So he's going to reveal the problem and then show your positives again how you can handle it. Truth number two, we say down there is this. A prospect determines the value of buying from you based on the appeal of your product versus the investment needed to acquire it and, and the return it gives. And so here's the value. Value equals appeal plus investment plus return. You make the appeal. They see it. They make the investment, 
The hope is they make the return. The goal in selling is not a one-time sale. You've seen this, and you, some of you know this better than I do that are here today. There are people that can make a one-time sale. A one-time sale, though, in the end, is probably not going to build a company. It may help somebody to make some money, but, but it doesn't build a company. It's the, it's the person that knows how to build the rapport with, how to get the relationship with, how to sell themselves on them so well. I'll give you a little quick illustration. Uh, Keith and Mary Williams, you know, sell homes. Well, they sold me, uh, I think, three homes already. But one of the homes they sold me on, I'll never forget the day that Keith called. And I told him what I didn't want, what I wanted. He calls me on the phone. He's having, he said, we found our home. Now, just the way he phrased that, we've found our home. I didn't feel alone. I'm with Keith. We found our home. And so then he said, let's go look at our home. We found our home. This is going to fix our problem. And that's what Keith's saying all along. And, and I got to notice, and I asked my wife, I said, will not you notice how many times Keith says we and our? I said, I can't wait till that first mortgage payment comes in. We can share that. <laughs> and so part of the pleasant experience I had with him all along was he didn't act like I'm on this side of the table trying to sell you over there to put some money in my pocket so I'm out here. He acted like all along, we're in this together. We're looking for your home, and I'm going to go do the legwork, and we're going to work this process through. And somehow he took what could have been an experience that I felt alone in and made me feel like I was a part of it. And I really believe that that's going to be the key in your sales part. I would say this, and this is from years of experience in dealing with people. You don't have to pressure them, okay? We have, in this ministry here, we have, we have 7,000 members. Now, the FBI couldn't find 500 of them. But there's 7,000. That's good bragging rights. Right? Here's, here's what I've learned through the years. I've learned you got to let people go. And, and if they really want what you want, they'll come back one day. But I would rather help them, even if it means sending them somewhere else, than to hurt them by having to have them here. And so there are many times I say, we can't meet your need here, but so-and-so can. I want to re- recommend you. And, and, and if you let people go, if you're leaning at the table and you act like you're not starving to death, and if they say, well, I'm not sure I want to buy that product, that's okay. I don't want to put pressure on you. Man, I'm just glad we had the chance to meet. And I want you to know if you ever do get to buy, I want you to know what we have because I, I don't want you riding down the road one day saying, man, I should have bought from them. And so I, I just want to make it available. But other than that, can we still be friends? When you walk out and shut the door, they're going to say, you know, they left a relationship intact even though they didn't take any money. And then they'll realize you want them more than the money. And you'll get not the one-time sale, but you'll get the sale they tell everybody else about, and that'll help you to get more in the end. And so the key in selling, I think the big word through it all is integrity. And I think that's the part that in the long run will make the sales stay there. If you are listening to a borrowed copy of this lesson, consider becoming an Excel Leadership member. Visit our website at www.excel-leadership.com. That's xcel-leadership.com. Or call 1-800-474-9235. Each month, you'll receive an audio lesson, informative lesson outlines, an attractive library-quality storage binder to organize your material, plus an opportunity to purchase Excel Leadership mentoring tools at a discount. Don't miss out on future lessons. Contact Excel Leadership today at www.excel-leadership.com. Excel Leadership, 
providing you with professional leadership training.